Baby won't. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Wanna Match Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we never plan it. Honest to God, I was driving today and I felt a little jonked. What? Yeah, I'm like completely from last night. No. Oh. No, like not this morning. Like just recently, oh. I just was like zoning out, like disassociating, disassociating yeah. so hard that I was like, for yeah. like, you know how what everyone does this where they drive and they like are going somewhere they're used to going. Yeah. And I was going to. Okay. 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 One um, of Emily's job sites. Yeah. And um. I was turning into it, and I was like, I literally do not remember a single second of it. The silence in the car. I'm going to admit something on uh, audio that I probably shouldn't be admitting, but Perfect. I truly don't think that I remember. Like, I always do that when I drive. Okay, but were <laughs> like you every in time silence? I drive. Maybe I didn't feel chong, but I really was, like, disassociating really bad. Yeah, I, like, disassociate every time I drive, I think, which is very, like, that's why I don't drive very often. Anyway, Anywho, um, <laughs> I might edit that out, like, just in case I ever get into, like, a court case later in life. Um, okay, welcome back to Wanna Match Podcast. Hey, it's the podcast where me, Emily. And I'm Sydney. Um, we get together every week, we match, and then we tell each other a story slash fact slash interesting thing that we researched this week. Yeah, and uh, we are doing two eps tonight. We're recording two. Yeah. Well, behind the scenes. Well, so, behind the scenes. We know you guys love to be involved. <laughs> yeah. Things are getting a little unhinged here, but we also always start every episode talking about our rose of the week and our bud, something we're looking forward to. So, M, what is your rose for this week? Um, My rose is that I got um those stupid, stupid stocking um organizers for my little cupboard in the kitchen. What? Those, like, clear oh, those bins? TikTok bins. Yeah, Emily, like, really wants to, like, I don't know if you guys see on TikTok those, like, organizing videos. <laughs> I think they're cool. I just think it's impractical. But, like, Emily's... Did you see my cheese drawer? It's No, I have not looked at your so, cheese drawer. so, so cool. Well, I, I've been feeling a lot of chaos in my life. Just, I've been feeling a little go through the motions-y. Right. So... Like, I'm getting everything I need to get done done, but I just kind of feel like I'm floating through life. Right. The last, like, week or so. I think that always kind of happens during, like, the end of the winter for me. Yeah. Like, everything, it's just, like, the motions. Like, I feel like Squidward going through, like, <laughs> you know that episode where yes. he's, like, going through his day? I literally know exactly what Because it's so what fucking dark and yeah. so gloomy and there's no variation to your day because there's nothing to fucking do. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of how I've been feeling, and I was like, well, maybe if I have more organization, and admittedly, my room is the, has been the messiest it's ever been in my life Same. recently, so I've been trying to clean that up a little bit, do more laundry, Sydney knows I have so much clothes, so I don't technically need to do laundry, yeah. but like, it's really getting gross, so yeah, I've been just doing that, and so I got those TikTok, like, stupid organization bins. Yeah, hell yeah. And realistically, they don't make any sense but no but if they bring I, you joy yeah, then but hell it, yeah go for it it is aesthetically pleasing to me and i really like it yeah i love that for you i think that they are very aesthetically pleasing i like how they look i just like know that myself like would never be able to keep up with it right so that's the difference between us right is that 
I just, it's not, it's a waste of money for me, but I'm right. really happy that you're doing it. And, yeah. and then eventually, eventually she'll do it to all my shit. And then, <laughs> yeah. I just, she can keep, I'll just like put it back where she tells me to put right. it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So my rose this week, I'm trying to think cause we're doing two. So I have to like, fuck all. It just left my mind. You have mm. it. Okay. My first rose this week is that. Last week was my birthday. I had a wonderful birthday. Birthday, birthday, That's birthday. my rose. It was, I turned 24. Emily and I are currently the same age. Yeah. For a couple for, months. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was a great birthday. We like celebrated my birthday more than we've ever celebrated. I've ever celebrated my birthday. Yeah, we have a lot. We had lots of fun. Yeah, we had so much fun. And I'm just very we've grateful for everyone in my life. Birthday bitches this year. Yeah, and they are just going to keep coming. I've got more birthdays on the way, but that's okay. I love a birthday. Me too. I like celebrating life, and I like celebrating the fact that we all made it another year around this fucking godforsaken <laughs> planet. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my rose. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my bud is that we are going to play categories tonight. Are you guys categories people? If so, what is your favorite letter to do on categories? I think mine's T. My, I was gonna say T, bro. Oh, there's so many words with T. Yeah, I was gonna literally say T. Um, I also like a good like M moment. I feel like there's a lot of M. Yeah, words. get chonged or do your thing in it's terms of matching. Whole, yeah, if you guys have never play played, yeah, sorry, we're talking on top of each other. Yeah, I just got excited. If you if you play categories sober. I dare you to try it when you're under the influence of something because it's way better. It's like way more fun in my yeah. opinion. And I think it's fun in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So do. I just like the fun just keeps escalating. Keeps coming. Yeah. So that's what we're, I'm excited to play. You know, I'm always down to place categories. I think the cats are, the cats are absolutely. I'm just going to look to see what they're doing because Willie's been so naughty. Oh no, no, no. What? Look at who just ran in. Oh, we have a um, guest on the pod. That's no. Okay, bye. She is a crazy She's kitten. Uh, okay, well. Sorry. So, um, bud for you, friend. Bud for me is I'm very excited to watch the season finale of Euphoria at the me end of this week. Me too. I'm finally almost caught up. I mean, I have, I literally skipped episode, what, two through four yeah <laughs> just so i can two. watch five with them and we're doing something for episode the final episode of season two and i'm so excited and i'm and like spo- this is like not a spoiler but the last like the second to last episode of the season so the one we just watched last night mm-hmm. had a cliffhanger and yeah fuck that i'm like i like need to know i'm so excited i also love that like as a whole universe we're all watching it together and everyone is like speculating mm-hmm. me too so i but i'm really sad for it to be done so i guess this is kind of like a I know. double-edged bud oh i i just figured out what my fucking rose is gonna be the next time perfect <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just have so much sneak peek positivity yeah coming out of me um, well tell me what you're doing oh it's me oh it's, yeah so is this is me? episode 27 so emily's gonna go first and i am doing queenie the water skiing elephant. No way! <laughs> what? No way, yeah. dude. You guys, you guys don't know, but Sydney knows. I literally love elephants with like all of my being. They're my absolute favorite animal. I have a fucking tattoo of an elephant. Yeah. Like my grandma got me every elephant she ever saw. She would get me like even if it was like yeah. a baby toy. Yeah. Um, 
I love elephants so much and I'm I cannot believe that there's a water skiing yeah. elephant. I have a How, disclaimer I have so in the front many of mine. questions yeah. about it. I do have a disclaimer in the front of mine because it is a little like circus-esque for me and I really don't yeah. dig that. But um I just I really we're just gonna have a little fun with it. I have so many questions about this, but I'm very excited. Okay. Because I have no idea. I've never actually heard of this. Yeah, that me was either. obviously my reaction. Um, okay, I'm doing my sciencey one first. Yeah. Okay. So I am doing the study of phrenology. Do you I know what that is? I literally have no idea. Okay. Ferns? Nope. <laughs> I'm getting back to my neuroscience roots today. Fuck yeah. So let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. Emily, do you want to go match? Let's motherfucking match. Okay, we're back with ASMR. Oh my god. Dude. Dude, have Holly come listen. Holly. I'm sorry if that's like triggering for anyone. I really like it. Nice. It is nice. <laughs> Holly's in the studio, it our friend Holly. Yeah. It sounds way better in the headphones. Can't wait to see her. Do you still want Don to take your blinds down? Yes. Hey guys. Hi. Sorry. Sydney's blinds need to come down. Lily. She's got cats <laughs> messing around. Lily chewed through my blinds, so I need to replace them before our landlord finds out. Mike, if you're listening. Mike. That was a lie. That was a joke. Mike, they're the original set. That yeah, that's came the with original the set. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna replace them with those ones you can pull up and down. Yeah, like the night the rich people ones. Yeah. If they're yeah. not super expensive, because <laughs> that just seems like the best. What option. the fuck do they do in this room? And they only do it when we're podcasting. I don't know. Only if you guys can room. hear the people above us, they're literally like <laughs> they have the exact same layout as us up there and we have no idea what they could Except be we have doing in this balcony so i can eat my ass <laughs> okay yeah let me chill out <laughs> chill out dude <laughs> leave that in <laughs> leave that in also we have way better lighting in this apartment than they do because our windows are way bigger their windows are so small how do you know that? look at the outside of the building <laughs> the next time you walk up to our apartment look at the top floor and look at how small the windows are they're really small. Interesting. Yeah. If guys, you guys can find our house with that information. Yeah, guys, guess where we live. Guess <laughs> our address. You know that there's bats <laughs> that... <laughs> and we live with someone named Sullivan. We live with someone named Sullivan. Figure it out. Good luck. Okay. Okay. Well, we're back. Clearly, we've matched. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about Queenie, the water skiing elephant. So I kind of alluded to this in the first part of like the intro mm-hmm. but um it is a little circusy for me yeah um i don't like it that people think it's like fun to have animals perform for them right i'm gonna say that if there had to be one this would be the i best. would maybe want to see this one. yeah yes and um like this I'm, is a skill yes yes okay i am gonna say also that we're going to go back to, like, the 1950s. Okay. Um, Nothing I, ethical was happening in the 1950s. No, absolutely zero say, things were happening that were yeah. ethical in the 1950s. Right. And a lot of times when they're doing these, like, performance with animals, there is when we learned a lot about animal behavior with humans and their interaction yeah. with humans so that we now can, like, coexist with the animals that we do. Yeah. 
It's a double-edged sword. Yes. And, and not and I'm not saying that coexisting with them or like, you know, like deforestation or anything like that is is great, but I'm saying like more so that um this gave us information about animals that we might not have had. Yeah. If you're looking at a silver lining of like a really shitty situation that had happened to animals and like continues to happen. So, yada yada yada, you guys know I'm, this is a little circusy for me. However, I love elephants. I like water. I would like to see an elephant stand on the biggest, largest water skis can, and ski. Can I tell you the thing that I'm, like, perplexed by? Yes. How does it... Do elephants float? We will talk like, about it. Like, the density of an elephant seems like it's way higher than the density of water. Therefore, it shouldn't float. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm, like, very interested to, like, um, hear about this... Yes, floating exactly. situation. Okay, so Queenie, let's like talk about Queenie, our beautiful lady, and then let's talk about the water skiing part. Of it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so she's born 1952, the wilderness of Thailand. Okay, so she was born in the wild, um, and eventually she was imported to the United States mm. and put on sale in a pet store in New York City. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a lot of pet stores at the time. Sold like how did they have space for an elephant? Wild animals. So and at like six months old, elephants weigh about two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh-huh. So they can so they weigh like enough to keep them in like giant cages. That's fucked up, bro. Yeah. And then by the time they're like <clears throat> like big enough where they couldn't fit in this place, they would probably do like a zoo or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, so this is, like, the fucked up part of it. So, like... Yeah. Like, this is, like, the... Ugh, it just kind of makes you sick. Yeah. However, the, like, um, bond she makes with the person that first purchases her from this pet store is, like, really sweet, because she's with her, like, throughout her whole life. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so, um, as a six-month-old, 250-pound baby, she's sold to the Green family in Vermont, and the Green family have, like, this private zoo... That is, like, Florida-themed. So it has, like, all this, like... It's, like, tropical-themed, even though it's in fucking Vermont. Um, And it has large, like, bodies of water throughout the the zoo. Um, And they, like, start this... They want to do this water ski show with the the elephant. Um, And, like, their... I think their daughter at the time was, like, water skiing. Oh, sorry. I'm, like, fucking... Oh, shit. That's when, like... So, that's, like, just, like, when the they had purchased the elephant, and she's probably, like, doing, like, things on land with it, it right now. I think she also separately water skis. So, like, the elephant... The daughter? Yes. So, like, elephant and daughter are performing together on land. Daughter is water skiing. They had just purchased this, whatever, it for their private zoo. Okay? Do you feel okay, me? Okay, yeah. Um... So oh, that'd be so cool to get that close to an elephant. Yeah. So that at that time, there was a, a the first ever water skiing elephant was um, named Sunshine Sally, and maybe we'll do an episode on okay. Sunshine Sally. But their owners, Marge and Jim Russing, took the initiative and t- um, told them about like how they trained um, Sunshine uh, Sally in the skiing act. And Queenie was introduced to water skiing and, like, trained and learned how to do it. 
and replaced Sunshine Sally and became the only water the only water skiing elephant in the world. And I said that in like quotation. Like that's like what they were marketing her as, the only okay. water skiing elephant in the world. So, people in the 1950s and 60s loved, like, a spectacle. Yeah, literally. So, like... Like, they loved, like, weird... Sh- like, going and paying yes. to see weird shit. And, like, they... I guess that's just, like, reality TV now. And I guess that's another thing... Another kind of thing that I was saying earlier is, like, part of this was kind of cool because they were, like, learning a lot about these animals to see, like, where they were best... Like, like they learned a lot about elephants swimming and elephants, like... best habitats so that they could have elephants perform as well as they possibly could. You know what I'm saying? Like, do the coolest shit because they were the strongest or because they were, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, um, but, and they learned, like, that, for example, the buoyancy of an elephant because they were like, oh, we gotta make fucking water skis and can they actually stand on them? So, they can Example. What? So the elephant is on either... So it's like a raft. So there's no middle. Oh, shit. Okay. She's on... She's on one side. With the elephant. Or actually, I think that she might be straddling it, too. It does look kind of like she's straddling it. Yeah, so they're... The skis are really long, but they look like a giant fucking, like, ski. Yeah. You guys, go look at the show notes. The... But the elephant is really small. Like, the elephant's not big when they were yeah. doing this. It, it, it's, like, young. Oh, so it can't, like, this isn't a forever project? No. Okay. This is not a forever project. Um, I mean, the elephant was born in, what, 52, and this is, um, uh, sorry, just a second. Um, I think this is like 53 or 54. Okay. Yeah. So it's like only like a year or two old. Right. Right. Um, but, um, so they're like traveling around the world doing this now or like at least the, um, I guess I don't really know about the world, but the, but at least the country they're doing like county fairs, um, amusement parks, zoos, like fucking just. They're out of their minds. <laughs> Just rolling around. And um, Liz is, like, obviously growing up, and so is the elephant. And <laughs> they're going through puberty together. They're going through puberty together. She becomes Liz Dane. Um, and they, so throughout this, I'll, like, now refer to her as Liz Dane. Rather okay. than the Green family or whatever. Um, the elephant, can I just say? Yeah. It looks happy. Okay, wait for a second. <laughs> like, it looks like it likes yeah. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. And even kind of in this picture, it looks Yeah, it looks happy. like it's chilling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought <laughs> this was really sweet. Okay, so. Like, if an elephant likes to water ski, who are we to stop it? Yeah, and. That's what I'll say. Elephants love water, like, a lot. And Yeah, and I, yeah, you always see them fucking around with the water. Yeah. And they have little trumpets. They can blow the water out. I'm going to cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um. Is that like, what it's called? Trunk. It's their trunk? Yeah, not their not trumpet. Not a trumpet. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were, 
It's like, well, I, that's what I, I don't know what I thought. I was okay. They loved, they love, people around the country loved this, but, um. I would pay to see that. Yeah. Um, Liz said, Liz said about the act that it absolutely was not mistreatment of animals. She thoroughly loves skiing, quote, she thoroughly loves skiing. She would put her trunk in the water and get a big scoop of water and spray it all over the place. She loved it. Elephants can swim. The particular area in which we did it, oh no, the particular area, comma, I just added my own little (laughs) spin on that. The particular area, comma, the water wasn't that deep. Even uh, if she did spill over, they can swim. There's no danger, Liz Dane said about that. But are her feet locked in? I don't know. If like, if the, if she tipped over, like, would she be able to, like... Yes. Get out of the skis? I don't know the mechanics of the ski, but I think so, yeah. Like, she could swim. Yes. Like, like I know she would for, be able to just swim? I know for a fact that she could swim, because okay. during a bicentennial festival in Pittsburgh... Queenie did have a spill. Oh no! So Queenie she's in the fucking um, <laughs> Al Alleghany River, and sh- they're fucking doing a show okay. in Pittsburgh, and um, a passing towboat sends waves and that like fuckers. flips the fucking skis. That bitch and. <laughs> Queenie falls into the water, and so she must not be like tightened in there. No, I bet they just they're not like foot. chains on there. Yeah, okay. Um, and the audience was obviously like super worried about it. Yeah, right. Because they have to go get a fucking crane. I was gonna to say, how did they get her out? get her out? Yeah, they had to go get a crane to lift her out. Um. Oh my god. See, that would be scary for Queenie. Yeah, the crane. But hold up. So a ton of people like called the were, like, protesting Queenie after this. They were, like, yeah. so worried about it. They didn't want them to fucking perform anymore. Um, the local post-Pittsburgh reported that the Humane Society had, quote, received 25 telephone calls... Wait. Had, quote, received 25 telephone calls protesting the risk taken by Queenie when she performed on her huge water skis in the Allegheny River. So, like, they... They're, like, all getting all these calls, and... The Humane Society quoted, um, they, like, are asking all these experts on what they should be addressing the problem as. Mm -hmm. And uh, the curator at the Carnegie Museum emphasized that this actually probably wasn't a problem because elephants love, like, swim time. And if she was able to swim in that much water, like, she probably loved it. Um, elephants can, in fact, doggy paddle for about six hours at a time. Aww. They use their trunks to, like, oh, snorkel. No way! They snorkel? Yeah. yeah. And then, um, because, like, even though they're massive, they have the buoyancy to stay afloat. That's the crazy. The yeah. So, she was probably just... Chilling. Just chilling. But wouldn't it be scary for her to fall off the skis? Yeah, that probably like that's the scary. scary. Yeah, that's like the traumatic part in my and, opinion. Um, Republicans in the Pittsburgh area said that any attempt to um, end Queenie's reign as the only water skiing elephant was nothing but a Democratic plot. <laughs> oh, that's something my dad would say. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like who cares? <laughs> um. So yeah, 
Queenie got out of the river eventually. Um, but some people that were there and like witnessed this whole thing happen said it was like traumatic at first, but when they got her out, like she actually looked just as happy. She was like that's why, like in the fucking picture, she's like looks really happy and she looked really like that at the end. Right. Like, does that mean that the elephants are happy when they look like they're smiling? Because if it does, then she's having a fucking great Great time. time. Oh. So, um, Queenie's a star. She goes on to uh, appear on, like, The Tonight Show, I've Got a Secret, and all these, like, motor company um, ads, like, print ads. She eventually is sold to an um, elephant performance team in Michigan, which um, I said, first thought, elephant performance team. Yeah, what does that mean? It's, like, a blue man group? (laughs) Like, they're wearing jerseys, (laughs) And then I said, "It's the Harlem Globetrotters, but like elephants." Yeah. And then I said, second thought, cold ass water, <laughs> <laughs> like water skiing in that yeah. fucking water." Um, yeah, so the Michigan water would be cold. The Lake Michigan water is right cold as fuck. Yes. So she would stay on that performance team until 1981, when she was then sold to an actual circus, circus, circus Gotti. And mm. in 2003, she would retire from her performing days and was sent to, like, an amusement park in okay. Georgia um, that had, like, a zoo inside of it. Yeah. So this is at the amusement park is right here. Okay. Um, so at the age of 59, Queenie was euthanized. Mm. She had chronic health conditions, and it started to cause pain and a declining pop. Uh, declining quality of life. So uh, the um, staff there and, like, the zoologist decided to euthanize her. And they, they, it was, like, really well-worded. I didn't put another fucking quote in here, but, um, but they were really, like, it seemed like this was more of a facility for, like, I'm not sure what the amusement park was, but when I first read it, I was like, ew, an amusement park. And I'm not, I I don't think it was like what I, my stigma was of it, of like Six Flags. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is obviously in like a. It looks like wildlife. Yeah. I don't really know. And it's It's in Georgia. It's not like concrete. Yeah. It's in Georgia. So, um. It's hot Yeah. You guys, yeah. Go look at the show notes. You'll kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So, she died at 59, and typically, actually, an Asian elephant lives from anywhere between 50 to 70 years, so that's, okay, that's like right in the middle of yeah. that. Um, and it's actually believed that Queenie is the oldest Asian elephant to ever live in North America. Oh, So, she's just a baby, and that's her with Liz. Yeah. Oh, all grown up? Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. And, um... Her trunk is so long, bro. Look it, it's touching the fucking ground. Oh my god! It like it's big, it it's curled. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah, they are so long. They're like big snakes. You could get a lot of water into that. You get a lot of air into that. Yeah, you could snorkel pretty deep in with that. Look at her just growing up. <laughs> oh, Queenie. So I even wrote at the end, like, my literal last sentence is our ma- our next match is for Queenie. Yeah, pour one out for Queenie. Yeah, so that is Queenie the water skiing elephant. Wow, that was great. I loved that. I hope Queenie wasn't in too much pain at all during her life, and I hope no elephants ever are. Honestly, I would like to witness an elephant swim. Yes. 
I told you I really want to go like back to Africa and go back on safari. Yeah, I would. Be, I like love. I'm it. really worried about the danger of that, but I would. It like was to, not dangerous at all. I'm just really worried. About that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I would like to see an elephant in the wild. It was really fucking cool, dude. Dude, like ah! I would. We should. We should go back. Yeah. It would be so cool. Should we match in Africa? Yes or no? Tell us in the comments. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of that, do you want to match? Go rematch. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. Go All right. right. Hoo ha! Hello. We're back. Hi there. I feel like I'm like a weird amount away from the mic. All right. Oh my. Sorry, I'm wearing a literal hat. I'm wearing a top bun, a hat, and then the headphones. Yeah, guys. like, I don't know how you're doing that. Yeah, the sensory overload is... It's too damn high. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of which, i got to fix this, but we can still chat. <laughs> okay, tell me about... Phrenology? Phrenology, yes. Okay, so, I'm excited to talk about this week. I'm always excited, but <laughs> I'm extra excited because, like I said before on the pod, I do have a bachelor's degree in neurobiology from a university. <laughs> Can't say which one. And I have to flex it because I'm, like, currently not using it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a cool thing that I've done. So. Me either, sister. It's okay. Yes. There are so many people not using their college degrees. That doesn't really bother me, but, like. I do, like, like I do know a lot about it. Like, it's kind of weird that I just yeah. have this weird pocket of knowledge. Yeah. Um, also, this week is very interesting because there's a lot of, like, historical components to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that. I love, like, science. I love history. I'm a nerd. Here we are. Welcome to Water Match Podcast. <laughs> um, but do not ask us about fucking geography. Geography. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I also want to make this clear before we start because I feel like you're going to get, like, become, like, a skeptic about oh, this. God. And... I'm making it clear from the start. Phrenology is a pseudoscience. It is. Oh. It has been completely disproven by real neuro, like not real neuroscientists, but like modern technological advancements. So phrenology is pseudoscience. It is not real. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, Emily will be the deciding factor. <laughs> so, what is phrenology? I have Do you no have idea. any guesses? No. Okay. Phrenology is the study of the com- conformations of the skull as indicative of mental faculties and traits of character. That is the official definition. The study of the skull as traits of character? Yeah, so let's break down what yeah. that definition is saying because I think it's a little confusing. Yeah. Basically, they used to think that the shape of your skull could tell you about certain aspects of your personality. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, the shape of your skull could tell them about who you were as a person and, like, what kind of life you were going to live. Okay. How did this theory come about? Like, let's go back. <laughs> it all starts with a man named Franz Joseph Gall. He is. Ugly. Yeah. Um, little mousy. He's yeah. a little mousy. He was a German doctor specializing in anatomy and physiology and in 1796 he developed this theory that if you measured the bumps on the skull you could predict mental and physical personality traits weird um in 1809 gall began writing the official book on phrenology that was eventually finished in 1819 so it took him 10 years to like do his research and i'm gonna tell you the full title god it was called the anatomy and physiology of the nerd a fuck sorry the anatomy and physiology of the nervous system in general and 
the brain in particular with observations upon the possibility of ascertaining the several intellectual and moral dispositions of man and animal by the configuration of their heads. Like, can we shorten and sweeten that one? Right. It's literally three, it's like a paragraph. It's like a thesis, basically. So, through years of observation, Gall had come to the following principles that helped him come to this conclusion. This was, like, what the fucking book was about, basically. Like, what is phrenology? What, why is he writing this book? Yeah. One. These are the basic tenets of the thing. And clearly he's not the most amazing writer, if that's the best title you could come up with. Yeah, but, like, honestly, like, I kind of view the book as more of, like, a scientific journal. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of scientific journal, like, titles... Are long as fuck, yeah. Are long and, like, really descriptive. But that one just seems overly done. But also, like, I wasn't alive in the 1800s, so I don't fucking know how they write things. So, the first principle was that the brain is the organ of the mind. That's, like, a pretty well-known fact. Mm-hmm. Cool. The brain is not a homogeneous unity, but an aggregate... Yeah, homogenous. It's, yeah, that is, okay. <laughs> Great. Persephone. Well, well, I literally was like. You're right. I was like, what's a homogenous? Hom- I, I always say it homogenous, but it's homogenous. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, I'm, so- I'm sorry. I did no, not you're completely it. right. I, like, thank I did you, because that would make me feel stupid when I was editing it. No, I did not mean to correct you, but I um, it was just like, oh my God, a homogenous. And the way you said it so with your whole fucking Yeah, I said like, it. I should know that word. <laughs> no, it's homogenous. Okay. Two, the brain is not a homogenous unit. I think it's supposed to say entity. Oh, yeah. Okay. But an aggregate of mental organs with specific functions called faculties by Mm -hmm. Gull. So basically he's saying that like the brain is not one thing, but instead like your brain is comprised of these organs that each have a function. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have, like, your sensitive organ, you have your assertive organ, you have your... Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Um. So, like, these are all... These are not, like, physical. These are all behavioral. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, like, clearly there are parts of your brain that do control your... Yes. And we will... Okay, yeah, that's why when I was, like... I was like, I think I am kind of behind the different parts of the brain. (laughs) Yeah, so those are his basic principles. Ooh, the next principle is. Sorry, guys, we're fucking wading our way through this. Yeah. The brain has topographical organization. So areas um, that are in a, like, brain areas have similar functions. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's like a map. A topographical organization is like a map. The rel- the next principle, the relative size of the brain area is indicative of the strength and of the importance of that area. Oh. So if you have like a big alertive air organ, oh. that means you're really like alertive. Interesting. If you have a big sensitive organ, you are really <laughs> like that's a big part of your personality. Oh, interesting. According to Gall. Yes. I would like to see what a sensitive organ looks like. Yeah. I mean, well, I have pictures of okay. how they think it's laid out. So because this is the last principle because the brain develops first during fetal development and then the skull around it Mm -hmm. gall is basically saying that the skull can be used to study these brain areas and characteristics because if your skull has a certain bump that another skull doesn't have that means that your brain isn't bigger in that area listen i know that this isn't real purely because you told me it wasn't real yeah but i can see why that would be something that an intellectual could think yeah and yeah 
A hundred percent. Especially if we already know that, like, when you poke this part of the brain, different things happen. Yes. Which, at this point, we don't really know yet, I don't think. Um, What's going on with you, Sid? I'm going to pull up some of the the different... It looked uh, like you were calling 911. I'm calling the police. Call the police. No, but you're exactly right, and we're going to talk about it. Like, why? This was, like, real science at the time. Like, he is an actual scientist. He's not some, like, yeah. pseudoscientist. But his theory is wrong. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have a list here of different um, things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. Okay, no, here it not. is. So, I um, pulled up the Wikipedia list of oh. the different propensities that people could have oh i love so there it's really long will you send that link so yeah i can i'll put the it's just the wikipedia of phrenology (laughs) but okay um there is like combativeness love of life philoprogenitiveness which basically means (laughs) because i know what it means it like it, it came up in the research but it's like your ability to love your offspring so like if you really love your offspring, like your kids. Oh, wow. It's like more of an animal trait, but they've, yeah, they've put it into like humans. Um, cautiousness, self-esteem, truthfulness, hope, ideality, veneration, um, language, locality, number, order, sight, size, smell. So like, yeah, if these organs were bigger on you, that means you were like, you had like super smell or like whatever. Wow. Like you could smell better than other people. Yeah. So, so interesting. And that's just some of them. Like, there was a bunch. Right. Um, you said there were how many? So, the... We'll get to it. Okay. I'm going to talk about it. That sounds really cool and scientific. You've already... Okay, sorry, guys. We're back. Well, this has been just a fucking mess. But it's okay. Sometimes the pods are messy. Messy. I just keep hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Sullivan is talking so loud outside, yeah. but that's okay. He's fine. Um... So that sounds really scientific, like you already said. Yeah. Like it could be believable, especially with the technology that they had at the time, which was nothing. Right. Can for neuroscience right. research. If they you had see literally a bump, nothing. You're like, yep, this makes sense. The bigness of the bigness. <laughs> the the size of this bump right. determines XYZ. Right. Um, there is truth in these principles. Like I said, we're gonna talk about it more in depth with kind of at the end mm-hmm. um but let's get back to the history like how did this become mm-hmm. like popularized science so gall was a true scientist he was very into his own research and didn't really care if anyone believed him or not like he was doing his research like i know some people like that yeah <laughs> um but gall had a partner it was another anatomist named johann spursheim and oh, he hot. Was yeah, he's kind of a daddy. Yeah, he is kind of a daddy. He looks kind of like um His hair Rocky. Terrible. Who's Rocky? You know what I'm saying? Oh, Sylvester Stallone. So he does look kind of like Sylvester Stallone, a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit. He's got that pursed lip. Yeah, and that guy from Law and Order SVU, like the guy who works for the I- yes. IUB. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. But he his hairline's awful. a different. Yeah. Okay. Well, you but guys go look at the show notes and compare. A curly haired king. That's a really good. Thing. If you know who the guy in Law and Order SUV who works for the IUB and then he ends up dating Mariska Hargitay for a little bit, like, it looks just like him. Just fucking like him. 
Um, so that was, that's Johan. And he was much more interested in spreading the word on phrenology. He was really into doing like lecture circuits and he would go speak at colleges. He would like do the whole thing to like spread the word about Mm -hmm. this new like discovery. Um, and in 1814, that's when he began the lecture series and it became really popular in all around the UK and in the US specifically, Mm -hmm. those two places, English speaking nations. Um, at this point, skeptics of the science did exist. Because basically they couldn't prove it. Like, mm-hmm. they could say these things, yeah. and they could have a map, and they could right, have all right. this. This kind of falls more onto, like, the psychology side of right. science. Yeah, I was just going to say. It's more of a social science, and it became very popular in psychology and in, like, psycho- like psychiatry and psychology. Yeah. Um, but, like, re- like, more true neuroscientists are were skeptical because, like, you can't prove any of this mm-hmm. with, like, brain chemistry. Right. And that still today is, like, a divide that exists within, mm-hmm. like, the field. So, it's a spectrum, though. Like, you know, whatever. Right. Everything is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, at any rate, like, with the general public, it just kind of takes off. Like, people just start yeah. believing this. It's kind of becomes, like, um, like, personality tests. So, yeah, like, you could okay, go yeah. get your phrenology, like, read. Or, like, employers would, like, uh, make you bring your phrenology reading to, like, get a job. Okay, but that's so fun. We should get try and get ours done. I don't know if people still can do it, but, like, yeah, we can I'm see. sure someone somewhere, yeah. like, fucking does this shit. Um, and, like, models were made. So, this is, like, the classic phrenology model. So, it's, like, all these different brain areas that they've mapped out to mean, like, different things. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so interesting. Conscientiousness. Like, there's just a bunch of them on there. You guys, so weird. The show notes. Um, so, one reason it took hold is because people, it was a really good way for people to um, find areas for self-improvement. Like, it yeah. was almost like a, um, like, people would go around and, like, that you could read the phrenology of their, like, head, and then you could tell them, like, ways to, like, improve their life. Right. Um, so that was one reason it took off. People just, like, wanted to know. Yeah, like, self and betterment, or betterment, or whatever. Yes. Um, the self-help, in- self-help industry is still, like, huge to this day. Yeah. Like, it always has been. And at this point in history, knowing about science was a signifier of sophistication. hmm So, phrenology was really pe- easy for people to understand, and it had, like, a real-life application to them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it helped its popularity grow because it was easy science for people to understand and they could talk about and make it seem like they knew about science um, in an easy and, like, digestible way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the way that, like, it was, it is originally framed mm-hmm. is that none of the faculties themselves were bad, like, none of the things, right. but it's just how you used it. So it created, like, you could go to therapy and, like, all this stuff. That kind of gives me, like, the warm fuzzies. Yes. So I have an example of this. Yeah. Like, I think we all do this, like, reframing bad parts of yourself. (laughs) So I have um, three biological brothers who are, like, related to me. Yeah. We all went to daycare. And when you go to daycare, at a certain point, they do this, like, study. They, like, do all this testing on you to make sure that you don't need, like, help or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, meet and they have a big conference with your parents about it. Really? At all daycares? The one that I went to. They oh. did that for all of us. And I'm, like, way older than my youngest brother. And they still did it for him because during the conference, literally the only thing they said that was, like, bad that we did was that we were all bossy. 
All of us are bossy. Mm-hmm. We're bossy people. I'm bossy. Like, I'll fucking say it. <laughs> um, and when my Grammy, my grandma heard this, my youngest brother, his name is Drew. He got it done when he was five. And I, at this point, am 13 or 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she hears that he's bossy. And she was like, bossy? I call that leadership. Oh, Grammy. <laughs> you're all great leaders. You're not bossy. You're just leaders. Um, and so that's kind of what they were doing, right? Like they were taking these traits and they were spinning them in ways that were like better or oh. worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the 1840s, there are 28 phrenological, phrenological societies in London alone. Jesus. So in just the city of London, and it totaled over a thousand members. Damn. And those are people who are like so involved in it that they're in a society yeah, right. for it. Um, so, and that's like all around the world, like all around the English speaking nations was like that. And, um, like, kings and queens were getting their kids' phrenologies read and, like, announcing them to the public and, like, why they would make them good kings and queens. Like, it was, like, not just the working classes. Like, it was the most popular with them. But it kind of hit, like, every social status. Yeah. Um, So now we're going to kind of talk about I love trends like that that just, like, go through, like, everyone does it. Yeah. It was, like, kind of – it was just popular. Like, it was just science. Like, it was just, like – Yeah. You know, washing your fucking hands. Yeah. Like, whatever. Getting, like, a um, DNA test. When well, DNA tests became, like, readily available yeah. to the public, I feel like that was, like, definitely... Yeah. That's another really good way to look at it. Or, like, I, lineage testing. Yeah. The thing I keep thinking about with this, and it kind of being, like, a pseudoscience, is, like, CBD. Oh. Like, I think that's kind of our modern-day phrenology. Yeah. Because we, like, still don't know anything about CBD or, like, wh- what the benefits are or, like, anything. Right. But, like, it's really taken off. And it's become kind of this, like, pseudoscience, almost, with the way that people talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um... So, the, now we're going to talk about the downfall, which I don't know if that's going to happen to CBD. I'm just, like, right. it just is very similar to me. Uh, um, by the 1840s, the peak of phrenology was happening. It's also kind of when it started to fall. Obviously, as its popularity grew, the number of practicing phrenologists grew, and more research started to be done on the science. The first sign that something might be wrong was that they could not seem to agree on the number of specific faculty areas or the number of organs. Yep, that'll do it. The range was 27 to over 40. Eek. Yeah, you can't Which is have, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And at what point does it just become repetitive? Like, what's the difference between combativeness and aggressiveness? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, or like, like, um, I always get the, um, like, perspective and, or just cut that out so okay great <laughs> i don't know just cut that out um there was also a lot of disagreements on where the specific organs oh, were oh, located this is what i was okay. gonna say um sorry um these two perceiving and reflectiveness like per- perceiving and perfecting what no what are you looking at like perceptiveness and reflectiveness yeah I think sometimes like self-perceptive if you're self-perceptive and you're reflecting isn't that the same thing kind of yeah so it's like that these two are very similar. Very similar, but yeah. they have huge different areas. Yeah. And these might have been different words in the 18 like they might have meant slightly different things in the 1800s. Um yeah. But yeah. I agree. It becomes like pretty repetitive. Also, there really was a lot of different disagreements on where specific faculties were located. 
and like where the organs were located. So nobody could seem to come to a consensus on like, oh, right above your skull is where assertiveness is. Mm -hmm. On the back of your head is where benevolence is. Like they could never seem to like agree on a spot. Yeah. Um, And like some of these to me make sense, like perceptiveness, eyes, like that makes sense. Right. But then like why and sometimes like alertiveness ears like that but then some of them don't really have a rhyme or reason for that area right and this is really a a blurry zone where any of them could go in any of these categories right Right. how do we even categorize these traits like you really can't um and so this leads us to john sean it's like jean I don't know. Jean. Jean-Pierre Florence. <laughs> um, and he did research on pigeons, and he would basically, like... It was, like, early neuroscience research, so he would, like, hit a part of the pigeon's brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I then, like... heard about this. Yeah, and... certain things would happen yeah, to we, pigeons. We learned about this in psychology, yeah. And so none of the this matched when he would do his experiments. Oh, wow. And so, like, it just, like, showed that damaging Pigeons a part of the brain. Pigeons tell it all, I've always said. Pigeons know all. Um, this is where it gets a little slimy. Another reason that it became popular was so that people could place people in certain categories. And so that led to a lot of racial, gender, Suck. stereotyping. Ew. Um, yeah. I don't like that at all. And, like, I've done, like, a lot of serious episodes in a row, so I don't want to, like, lament on this too much, Mm -hmm. because I'm just kind of sick of being sad when we do this podcast, but, (laughs) um, it is something to say. Like, this was kind of, like, not early eugenics, but a little bit of, like, oh, Uh, this, this race of people is dumb because... They have a small... They have a small skull, or they have this bump on their skull, or, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's why it became really popular in white nations during the 1800s, which is when the revelation period happened right like with the martin luther stuff yes i think that matches up which was another way for white people to like gain power over others in ways yeah i mean good that all that like um seeking religious freedom was a big like just race and ethnic group divide so right it was a way for them to say we're better than them and have like a reason instead of them just being racist yeah and that definitely stemmed into then it becoming like a social but it also happened right it also happened with women it happened with like the wealthy it happened with everyone like it was just a way for people to say they were better than other people Mm -hmm. and have like a scientific reason yeah when the actual reason was because they actually had like privilege and power over them right so yeah um, the last reason is because as the um, science grew, more people started to become phrenologists and do good research in the field. Right. But a lot of people started doing, like, a lot of entrepreneurs started seeing it as a way for them to make money. Yeah. And so it almost became, like, tarot reading. Like, it mm-hmm. was like you would go and get your phrenology read, and then they would make you pay a bunch of money, and then they would give you, like, wit- like therapy, but it was just, like, ways for them to, like, make money. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, real. And I think there is real... Like, I kind of believe in tarot reading, but, like, not all tarot readers are true tarot readers. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, psychics, kind of, like... Yeah, like, A grifter. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of just a scam to make yeah. money. Um. Also, very religious people didn't like it because it was kind of, like, going against God. And that's, like, the scientific movement as a whole. Right. So that just hit the same yeah. shit that all the other science was getting, like... 
if you believe this, then you don't believe that God, like, made you the way you are. Right. You know? Yeah. So, people didn't like that. Um, and then the real downfall comes with technological advancements in the field of neuroscience. And so now we know how the brain works and we know that this is not true. Yeah. Right. Um, mostly. So, there is some scientific takeaways from all of Gall's and Spurheim's research that led to the advancement of the field of neuroscience. Like, he is known as, like, someone who advanced the field of neuroscience. Okay. um, Because he was on the right track with a lot of his ideas. They just, I don't think he had the technology at the time to, like, actually go into them. Also, he was a lot more interested in, like, the social aspects. It's sad that um, the people that we need, like, right now, like, the smartest brains that didn't have the technology that we, like, I mean, we probably do have them still, and they'll be saying this, like, a hundred years from now, but, like, if we're still around because of global warming, but, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, if, if we would have put fucking Isaac Newton and given him all the, of, right, if we gave Isaac Newton a computer, shit. right, but also think of all the people that are alive right now that we don't have, like, the right technology for their ideas That's to be, what I'm like, saying. explored and shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, in a hundred years, somebody's gonna be saying this about the people of 2022. Right. And think about all the science that we think is 100% correct, but then, like, we'll get new technology or we'll learn something new, and then that kind of messes up our whole idea of things. Oh, I'm gonna tweak out. Like, I don't think Gull was slimy in his, you know, ideas or his vision. He was, like, a true scientist. Like, he really believed in his theories and, like, whatever. But it kind of turned into this, like, scammy, slimy thing. Right. And it's just, it's, it's interesting to then, like, consider, like, what would this guy have, what could this guy have done with? Right. Like what we know now. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so let's go through how he advanced the field. So he did say that the brain is the organ of the mind. That's a hundred percent accurate. I don't know if he came up with that, but like, yeah, that is fucking true. Um, the brain is organized by function. But not by personality. So he was really into, like, the social aspects mm-hmm. of it and, like, personality traits. But we know now that the brain is organized into functional pieces. Right. Um, so there are four distinct lobes of the brain that all have functions that are similar. So your occipital lobe is in the back of your brain, and that's your sight area, for example. Your frontal lobe is where your personality is at, and it is organized, but it's not your whole brain. It's not your personality. Right. Um, your parietal lobe is movement, and your temporal lobe is mostly, like, hearing stuff and uh, language. So, the lobes are also topographically organized, like he stated. The brain is a map. So, everyone's brain is laid out the same, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, you can pinpoint a spot on someone's brain, and on the same spot on a different brain, it has the same function. Like a hippocampus somewhere. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, still getting texts, everyone. So it's, it's horizontally organized like that, but it's also vertically organized. So deep parts of your brain to superficial have specific functions that are different and they all connect. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like really cool. Um, so I don't know if I have another picture. No. What am I saying? So the brain is really, really highly organized, just the way that Gall said. Yeah. It just wasn't in the ways that he thought. Yeah. Um, The area you can see this the best in, I do have another picture, is in the sensory area of the brain. So we talked about it in the ASMR episode. Your somatosensory area is the area where you, like, 
intake all of your senses and your brain like organizes what it like the information that your senses are taking Mm -hmm. in so it's basically a map if you um prick two people's fingers the same place will light up in both brains Mm -hmm. and neuroscientists have been able to map this area completely so and each like the more sensitive an area of your body is the larger the brain um area for it is you have more neurons dedicated to wow sensing that item so this is the area of the brain and then it goes into this little it's called a homunculus like this is the area that feels your knee this is the area that feels your trunk yeah so he was right but just not about the right stuff wow Mm -hmm. also my favorite fact that i already told emily but i'm going to tell the podcast is and you can see it on this diagram is that the reason that foot fetishes are like such a prominent fetish in society is because the area of your brain um that is for your feet sensing and the area for your genitals is right next to each other and so sometimes the wires get crossed and so when you're receiving like sexual pleasure it'll light up the foot area and sometimes Mm -hmm. when you see feet it'll accidentally light up your genital area and so that's why people get foot fetishes interesting yeah so that's my phrenology lecture i i think it'd be cool to get ours read where is the foot thing it's right here foot genital oh yeah yes yes you guys go look at the shout outs good image here yeah lots of good images so yeah that's phrenology Good one, Sid. Thank you. We had some good ones this week, everyone. Fantastic ones. Yeah. We had a good time doing it. Yeah. Um, follow us on social media. Yeah. If you also had a good time doing it, give us a five-star review and um, or rating and then review it. Yeah. Tell us what you liked about it. Ask us a question. Send us a fucking email. What color do you think our aura is? Yeah. It's just, you know, our email also is Also kind of pseudoscience. Auras. Just talking Sorry. straight <laughs> over me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, send us an email. Wannamatchpod at gmail.com. What's our fucking aura? Yeah. Please. Go us. look at the show notes at Wannamatchpod. What TikTok should we do? Should I make Sid dance? Mm. Let's let's um, party. Okay. Categories. Bye. Bye. <laughs>